Yo, so we got the GOAT with us today. He's been on the show before and he broke down how to use stocks, how to use options to build your wealth and how to just make money and hustle on the side. But today we are going to hold, place him under the fire and have him teach us his secrets to selling his courses because he sold over $3 million worth of courses. Thousands and thousands of people have taken his courses. But first, let's bring in the show. This is the Entrepreneur Underdog, business secrets to help doubted entrepreneurs triumph. The Underdog Entrepreneur is where we use fast-acting shortcuts to help underdog entrepreneurs make more money, have a bigger impact, and live a better lifestyle so that they can prove their haters wrong. And now, your host, Roy Red. Roy Red. Yo, what up, everybody? It's your boy, Roy Red, five-time best-selling author, internationally recognized speaker, and your host of this show, The Entrepreneur Underdog, where we share fast-acting shortcuts that help entrepreneurs who feel like underdogs win in life and business so they can prove their haters wrong. Today, I am super excited. We got my boy, Charles Oglesby, a millionaire who's going to teach us his secrets to building his course and his empire. Friend of mine next level dude sharp thinker he's like six foot eight but it, nobody knows that online <laughs> um what up charles how you doing brother <laughs> i'm good man happy to be here uh -huh. um always happy to tap in with the brother roy red man motivation for me to get in the gym and stay in the gym hey. and uh, get these results we also share the same barber so shout out to uh Vic, the best barber in the ie man so yeah, just happy to be here. So we're going to dive right into it because most people know who you are. You are a celebrity in our community. Um, um, it's been an honor to watch you come up and really just hit your goals and just, you know, exceed uh, the limit that the sky had. Um, but I just want to dive straight into your quick story um, and how you built 
the biggest options course uh, ever. I would say, where do I begin? I um, so I have an undergrad degree in finance, um, but I always knew I was going to college because uh, I kind of grew up on a college campus. So my mom was at the moment uh, a single mom, but she was always an ambitious mom. And so she was working, she always was hustling, always had a job, a good job. And she was working as a bookkeeper and the bookkeeping company was like, oh, well, this is cool. What you're doing right now is good. But if you're a CPA, you'd really be killing it. You got to get your accounting degree to become a CPA. Yeah. And so my mom was working full time and going to school at night. And uh, so we would, um, when she started going to San Diego State, we would actually be on campus on Saturdays studying with her. I've actually sat in some classes with her, uh, which was kind of interesting sitting in a college class when you're like in middle school. And so I always knew I was going to college from seventh grade. I got an avid and uh, stuck with avid through high school, ended up going to college, uh, which was actually kind of rare because in my high school, only one other black dude went to college, a four year university, only one other black guy. And uh, we didn't have the largest black population, but we had a decent sized one. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of interesting. I didn't realize how unique that was until uh, some time later. Um, and so then what I did is I ended up majoring in finance, which again was rare. Yeah. A lot of people I went to college with weren't majoring in things like that. They were majoring in criminal justice, communication, things that uh, didn't really translate into real world success. And so I always kind of started to think different. Um, I just kind of saw myself different. I presented myself different. I took a different approach when I did join a frat. Um, I was more so focused on the business side of the frat and not as much the social, although I did socialize. Um, so then ended up getting out of college, working as a financial advisor, and then uh, going from financial advisor to work for a private client banker, and then ultimately went to law school and started working in the family office. And so my exposure to wealth has grown as my career has grown. And what's interesting is I wasn't just studying what they were doing. I was kind of, I wasn't just studying what they were doing in terms of investing. I wasn't studying what they were doing in terms of how they got to the point where they had that money to invest. And so I started seeing a lot of things. I started seeing people working together. I started seeing a lot of teams to work. I started seeing a lot of family. I started, started seeing a lot of uh, real estate, um, business ownership. Mm -hmm. And that kind of honed me in to know that I need to focus on business ownership and investing. Yeah. So um, ended up getting married. And I always tell people that I believe that marriage is a life hack. So yeah. there was no tie capital until I got married. I got married. And uh, I had a wife who expected more. And I was like, I got to figure out something to fill this gap because the job alone isn't doing it. Yeah. And I was like, I could build a company on top of uh, this job that I'm working. So started doing that, um, started just adding value to the world. Um, really, it was just like what AT says, you got to discover your gift, refine your gift and give your gift away. And so for the first like two years, I was giving my gift away. Finding different ways, podcasting, blogging, social media content, hosting events to give my way. And then in 2020, I had a son. And when I had a son, it got real serious. Yeah. And I was like, all right, so this is a little bit different because now my wife's not working at all. And I also got another mouth to feed. And so um, stumbled upon digital products. I had already been doing e-commerce. Um, I kind of skipped over it, but I had a necktie brand. And so the necktie brand kind of introduced me to e-commerce. And so I learned how to put a and 
is that you know physical products are cool i don't like having to pay to re-up all the, all the time i don't like having to ship these things all the time there has to be something better that i can do and digital products were that and another thing that i realized is because i also had another e-commerce business where i was helping people set up their llc's and the problem is I would do all this work to bring in the clients, but then I have to spend time working on the clients. Yeah. And so I told myself, you know, I could eliminate what I have to do on the back end and marketing and bringing in customers, and then the sky will be the limit. And so when I got digital products, they fulfilled themselves. I didn't have to teach the classes. All I had to do was market, market, market. And when I did that, everything just lit up for me. Yeah. I remember you just, just blew up, man. And I was like, yo. He's all over the place. And then I had you on the show twice. And the first time when I said you're going to be on the show, I had NBA players, uh, overseas players, big guys in the game who were trying to figure out how to invest a lot of money were hitting me up like, what time are you doing this? I want to be on the call. You know, send me that interview. And I was like, yo, everybody knows Charles now. Um, so that's crazy. But it wasn't always that way. You know, back before all that, I remember watching your story every day. And I remember even before the success, you've always motivated me because you are a grinder. You got up 4.30 a.m. You were listening to audiobooks. You were posting your audiobooks. You were reading. You were making a commute. You were working. Um, so talk about that time in your mindset when you were grinding and also when you were working the nine to five. How did you all, how did you walk with that swagger? Like this, I'm going places, I'm going to have millions. I'm going to, you know, be successful when I know at a nine to five, there's a ton of normies probably looking at you like, yeah, all right. Man, I, I would say that, and I talk about this a lot, but you have to expose yourself to the life that you want before you can have the life that you want. And so for me, I've always kind of put myself in those environments. The gap between what I had then and what I. So I had to sit down and I. Oh, we lost him. So we lost Tad, but we're going to get him right back on the show right now. There he is. All right, can you hear me? Yep, yep, I can hear you good. So what I was saying is... Real quick, Tom, um, real quick. Like 300 people just hopped on. Make sure you guys comment, like, and share. And you're going to comment on the right side if that's on YouTube. That's below if you are on Facebook. I was just asking Charles about when he was working hard and working the 9 to 5 and how did he keep his successful mind fit. Go, go ahead, Charles. Yeah, so... First off, go to optionswithtod.com, grab the course. But I would say that the successful mindset came from exposure. Yeah. Um, so I had to expose myself. I had to get into right environments so that I can inspire myself.
And then I had to realize that there's something that either I don't know or I'm not doing that's kind of holding me back from the true life that I want to live. And I've always been a reader. I've always been a reader. I'm actually kind of intro. I'm not kind of, I'm very introverted. Mm -hmm. And so I've been reading since before anything. I'm telling you, I used to read, read, read. Um, And I'm I'm not talking about like business books or autobiographies autobiographical books. I used to read for entertainment. So I'm reading Harry Potter books. I'm reading Animorphs books. I'm reading Goosebumps. I'm reading Boxcar Children. I'm reading all kinds of books. And so I just kind of pivoted that passion for reading into reading business books and just being a sponge for information. Because I realized that the more information that I took, the more of an advantage that I had over everybody else. Mm -hmm. Because I was learning the things that they weren't learning. And that means that I could do things that they didn't even know they were supposed to be doing. Yeah. And so a lot of people, they want to be successful, but they don't even know what they're supposed to be doing yeah. because they aren't informed enough. All they do is they just receive information from the news or they receive information from these not so good sources. And so what I was doing is I was like, all right, I got to read. I got to grind. I got to work because I mean, those grind principles were coming from the books that I was reading. And so as I'm learning, I'm applying. Um, I also used to listen to a lot of Eric Thomas. I still do I listen to their podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I knew I had to become something different than what I was seeing. And I was just obsessed with it. But I, again, I would say that reading was something that was instilled in me by my parents. Yeah. The work ethic was something that was instilled in me by my parents and I saw what they did. And so for example, like I said, my mom was going to, my mom was working a job and going to school. And then my stepdad, he had a job and then had a part-time job. And I realized that you get ahead both ways. Yeah. So in California, it's kind of difficult. If you're not going to be an entrepreneur, or if you are, even if you are an entrepreneur, you got to be maximizing the time in your day and the time in your week to go and get it. And so I saw that he was working his job and that extra job gave him the cushion so that he could do what he wanted to do and live the lifestyle. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do that too. Yeah. And then I saw my mom, she was working uh, the job and she was going to school. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do that too. And I was just telling my wife, I was like, wow, like, I've always kind of either been in school full time or been working and been in school. And so what I did is honestly, I was still in school getting my MBA when I, when I left that job. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of taken like a brief leave of absence because I was like still grinding, still got, trying to get to that next step. Yeah. So, I mean, I think exposure is the most important thing that you can do. Okay. Go to that open house, go to that car dealership, see that stuff, touch that stuff, smell that stuff, talk to the salesperson. And it's going to light something up in your brain that's going to make you go extra. That's going to make you push harder. They're going to make you do those things that other people are not doing. Yeah. You know, it's crazy you said exposure because I always tell young athletes, to people to get around great people. Go see them play. Because the first thing you're going to realize is, yo, dude is human. And I can do this. You know, I have a friend of mine who her son loves football, loves Tom Brady. And she took him to a, a Chargers game. And they sat real close and it lit something up on his brain like, yo, these are humans. I can work hard every day and I can get to this level. And I think a lot of times when you don't touch it, you don't feel it, you don't smell it, you don't think you can get there. So I think that's super huge. Mm -hmm. Um, Real quick, you touched on books. Let's talk about that because we got certain entrepreneurs who be like, I don't read books. Uh, The reading's not taking action. It's like, bro, are you serious? Like, how, how does someone turn reading books into a negative? Touch on the importance of reading books and, and kind of what you think about that. Yeah. Um, I was a, a very, very ferocious reader. I don't read as much now. I've been kind of dipping back into it. 
But prior to everything, I was reading everything. I'm telling you, I've read everything. And I would say the biggest impact that I've seen wasn't even just on myself. It was on other people. And so I've seen other people who saw like the fact that I was reading a lot and sharing things and grow my following because I was sharing the things that I was learning. And they became readers. And both of those guys became very, very successful. One, his success is kind of questionable, um, but you could tell like he knew some things. Yeah. And then the other, his success, he's just taken off. And it's all because they read. Yeah. I don't know why, but I just know that it gives you such a huge advantage um, in life, depending on the books that you read. I can't really like break it down like scientifically or anything like that. I just know that for the most part, people never read a book after they leave high school. Yeah. And then most people, even if they do read a book, it's probably like one book a year. It's not very many books. But then they also say that the average CEO reads like 50 books, 50 books a year. Yeah. And so it's like, who do you want to be? Do you want to be the average person or do you want to be the CEO? Now, what's interesting about CEOs is when I was in high school or when I was in college, mm -hmm. they used to publish how much CEOs make. Yeah. They don't do that anymore because they're <laughs> like, ah, they're getting too much backlash. Shareholders are getting upset. Yeah. The liberals are saying they need to get paid less and things like that. But I saw an ad, I saw like an article that said that Tim Cook was taking a pay cut as CEO. And this year, I want to say he's only going to make 60 million because yeah. last year he made a hundred million dollars a year, a hundred million dollars in a year. So which one do you want to be? Do you want to be the average person who makes $35,000 a year? Or do you want to be the CEO? The difference is in the books that you read. Yeah. It just gives you such an advantage. So for example, if you're reading a Warren Buffett, Buffett book, you're getting everything that, for the most part, everything he wants to share. But a lot of information that Warren Buffett took years to learn is distilled in this book. Different authors took years to research these things, years to teams of people that come together to write these books and you have the ability to just absorb this information there's a reason why they didn't want us to read because everything's in a book man yeah. everything's in a book and social media is just filled with trash yeah that's a fact uh warren reads like all day dang near and i remember um my dad used to always tell me growing up if you want to hide something from the n-word you put it in a book and, you know, I still didn't read. And then one day I read this book, like Lord of the Flies. And one day I'm in the truck with my dad and he's like, yo, if you were stranded on the island, how would you survive? And I started giving him all this stuff I would do. First, I would make a fire. Then I would, you know, make some tools. I might need to hunt. And I'm giving him all this game. And my dad's just like, yo, you're real smart. And I'm like, yeah, you know. And then he goes, where'd you learn all that? I was like, oh, a book, Lord of the Flies. And he was like, you see what books can do for you? He was like, imagine if you read all the time. And then that's when it clicked in my head. And then I became a voracious reader just like you. And then I started, I started tripping out. I almost started reading stuff. I was like, yo, this is, why, they're putting this in this book? <laughs> like how to control my mind? Like how to make bread? Like, yo, it's right here. And people don't want to read it, which is uh, super duper crazy. Uh, but pushing forward, uh, let's talk about your, you know, school real quick. Uh, what do you think the value of colleges and school? I think there is a value and also not. I'm about to go back to school just because we got chat GPT that could do all my homework for me. <laughs> so I'm going to go get that paper you heard. <laughs> but uh, what do you think the value of it is? 
Man, college is so much more important than just the degree yeah. and the job that you can get after college. And a lot of people don't, a lot of people, what they'll say is like, oh, why go to college if you can just get a trade? Or why go to college if you're going to leave with a bunch of debt? And I would say that college teaches you a lot of things that just going right into the workforce cannot teach you. And one of those is having discipline and deferred gratification. And those principles are going to help you succeed in everything that you do. Another thing that I would say is that college has put you around a better circle of women. And so a lot of people are out here and they're like, man, it's hard out here in the dating world. It's this, it's that. It's like, yeah, because you in the streets. But if you are a young man in college, you got options, options, like options. And they're all qualified options. They're all girls that have the right mindset. They're all girls who know how to delay gratification. A lot of the reasons why people are struggling in these streets is because they're finding women who don't know how to delay gratification, don't know that, you know, it might not be pretty now, but it'll be pretty later. They're running into women that's like, if it's not right now, I'm good. I don't got time. I need to know your intentions. Boom, boom, boom. And so I think that college is just a great place to find a spouse. Um, College is a great place to find friends that'll be there for a lifetime. Uh, When I was in college, I also joined a frat. And so I think that joining a frat also helps you kind of get a more enhanced college experience. Because I think that if I would have just gone to college and not joined a frat, my college experience would have been a little bit diminished. Yeah. Um, it put me in the environment with a lot of older students who are my brothers and they were going on to do great things. And so I had the ability to look up to them and follow their path and stay on the path. Um, if not for the frat, I probably wouldn't have finished college. Yeah. It gave me some more purpose at college besides just the degree, because at the end of the day, the degree is kind of, it's just to the degree the experience is what really matters. Um, It taught me how to study. It taught me how to sacrifice. It taught me how to work. Um, It taught me a lot of different things that aren't just like the job that you can get after you you get finished. But I think one of the most important things is just helping you find that significant other, because that's going to be the person that's going to take you far or help you go far, go along with you as you're going far. And it's just not safe out in the streets, man. Is everything that I'm hearing, it does not sound very lucrative. So I'm pro college, but not pro college for the $40,000 job. I'm pro college for all the other benefits that come with it outside of that stuff. No, you, you preaching right now. And, you know, I was, you know, originally like a college basher, but a hundred percent, I don't have, I had, well, I have it now, but I didn't have the group of people to teach me, support me, can lend me money, can, and, you know, I, you know, also the spouse hack. Like you say all the time on Twitter, like, yo, having a wife is a hack. Like there's nothing out here in these streets. I have friends who who have good uh, girls, but they kind of be like, yo, this girl's bad. And I'd be like, yo, you got to chill. There ain't nothing out here, bro. Trust me. So please touch on that, the power of having a virtuous woman on your side um, and how that disciplines you, how that focuses you, how how her having a a quality of um holding you accountable and a quality of ruthlessness to drive you and the family to success yeah i would say the the most obvious place where that happens is in your finances 
-hmm. So I have this term that I call relationship equity, mm -hmm. where the more that you invest in one woman, the more equity you have in that relationship. Yeah. And a lot of people, what they're doing is they're spreading their money out and they're, they're spread thin, kind of like in Harry Potter, when Voldemort took his soul and he put it into all these different devices. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. now he's like vulnerable. Now he can be killed just because somebody takes a sword and kills and breaks the sword or somebody takes a, the, the snake and kills the snake. He had his, his soul split up. And a lot of guys who are out there and they're dating all these different chicks, their souls just spread out all over the place. I want my soul to be in one place so I can grow the value of that. And so I would say that it's like a spiritual element. Mm -hmm. It allows you to stay focused because it's like you have all these different women with all these different wants and needs and personalities. And I think it requires a certain level of contentment yeah. and contentment is a good thing. Dave Ramsey, what he said a long time ago is the key to building wealth is just to be content where you are. And so we always talk about like, I don't want to settle. I don't want to settle. It's like, well, you don't necessarily have to settle. Like I believe that my wife was the best thing that I could have gotten. So I didn't settle, but I'm content Yeah. because in these streets, you're going to see women who've gotten the surgeries or have gotten the makeup and gotten the eyebrows and gotten all this stuff. And you could be chasing, 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 thinking that it's better, but it's really not even better. Yeah. It actually could be worse. And so you have to be content. I'm not talking about settling. I'm talking about being content, content that what they have is enough. And also knowing that it's your responsibility to make that relationship great. It's not her responsibility. It's not his responsibility. It's the person who is in that relationship's responsibility to make it great. So if you're the man in that relationship, you need to make it great. If you're the woman in that relationship, you need to make it great. And a lot of people are waiting for the other person to make their relationship good, as opposed to them doing all that they can Ooh, to make it good. Bad. When I first got married, it was hard. We were learning each other. It was way different relationship being married than it was dating. And I used to complain, complain, complain. Call my mom and complain, call my dad and complain. And one day I realized that you know what, I can sit here and I can try to change her or I can just change myself. And what I found is when I changed myself, she changed. And so I just feel like we as men, there's a reason why they invented marriage. Yeah. And I used to look at this. I used to look at the successful men that I saw that I wanted to become. And I noticed they were all married. You didn't see a lot of very successful single men. You saw some, but... I just started to notice a common thread amongst those CEOs. We're saying be the CEO, CEOs are married. We're yeah. talking about those billionaires. The billionaires are married. Yeah, some of them have been divorced, but what happens? They get remarried. Yeah. If being a hoe was all it was cracked up to be, Donald Trump would just be like, F it, I'm just single and free. Yeah. But no, he tends to get divorced and then get remarried yeah. because there's power in the marriage. Warren Buffett has had his issues. People don't talk about him a lot, but he had him a little, I don't know what they were doing out there, but he ended up like, I think he even stayed with his original wife and he just kind of had his thing going on with some other chick. He probably still has a thing going on with other chick, but you see it with LeBron James, married, stayed married, NBA champion, Steph Curry, married, stayed married, NBA champion, Kobe Bryant, married, stayed married, NBA champion. There is a correlation between retaining what you have and also increasing your power. 
especially when you look at as you're comparing to other people, because a lot of what we're doing is like your greatness is oftentimes measured upon how you're doing compared to other people, especially in sports or in business. And so in sports, if all your counterparts are out there running the streets, smashing the holes, and you're not, you're focused, you're in the lab, you're working, you're growing, who's getting better? Yeah. And so you have to kind of do it for yourself. And what's most important in this whole life is the success that you can achieve, not the woman that you can conquer. Granted, and, and I've done that. And when I was in, in, in college, I went through a phase where I was just smashing everything. Yeah. And I realized this kind of whack. Like it was cool and I look back on it a lot and like, dang, I was the man. But now it's like the key to success. He said, he said the whole goal is to get rich and be a family man. And I think that there's more honor in that people respect that more than they respect the dude who gets all the hoes. Man, you spit knowledge, man. That's a fact. Uh, Right now we are going to kill all the streams except one, I am going to dive into some money stuff. We're talking to Charles Oglesby about how he was able to build his million-dollar stock options course. We're about to dive into that. And Charles, talking about your frat brothers, one of your frat brothers, uh, he's my CFO, Lonnie Wall. We uh, closed our first uh, acquisition, $2 million healthcare business, and... Um, Man, Lonnie the goat, man, Lonnie the goat. But yo, 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 all your frat brothers, all of y'all are killing it, bro. Y'all are killing it. Y'all all dope dudes, and uh, definitely something that if I could start over, I would have done. Um, you can still become Sigma if you want, man. Man, man I'm, I'm up there. Age don't matter. Nope. I was just at I was just at an event, and this uh, it's, it's a bunch of old school Sigmas there, yeah. so it never stops. Okay. Black friend. <laughs> All right. All right, real quick, I wanted to ask you if you went to zero and lost everything, lost all the bread, stocks went to zero, you still got the knowledge. What are the exact steps you would take to build your business back? Exactly. What was the first thing you would, how would you lead you in? Uh, right away how would you close a deal would you create a high ticket deal or low ticket deal what would you do you know what if i lost everything i would start back low ticket i really would because low ticket allows you to penetrate the market so going back to the beginning what i would do is i would document all my knowledge Mm -hmm. i would create presentations for everything that i knew and understood i would record it create content and uh, publish it. And then I would just start um, creating content on the internet. And then there'll be podcasts, social media content, Twitter, Instagram, that kind of stuff. And I would also start to leverage the shout out pages. And so getting on shout out pages, running ads, things like that. And I think that with that, I could generate a cool six figures in a briefly short amount of time Mm -hmm. if I had to start from zero. Yeah. And it would it would be all low ticket, potentially with some higher ticket upsells. And that's exactly what you did. And um, you actually woke me up to a low ticket. Uh, that's part of the reason why I created the membership group where I'm doing the same thing, doing the podcast. We cut it and then we just, you know, low ticket, $8. If you want to get the answer to the top guys in the space, 
Um, so those building that brand, a brand is a series of artifacts out in the marketplace that shows who you are and what you do. And you push Twitter, Instagram, but somehow it doesn't feel annoying or salesy. How do you have that balance in pushing your brand? I know you believe in promote, promote, offer every day, but at the same time, it just it just seems cool. I would I would say honestly, it's not a bad thing to be salesy, yeah. and I had to get away from that um, when my son was born. I feel like sometimes we don't want to be salesy because we care about the opinions of other people, and we don't want them to look down on us for promoting or being salesy but i was like when my son came i was like you know what i care more about what he thinks about me than what these people who aren't going to buy anything don't want to see me successful care about what i think because the interesting thing happens when you become successful yeah. when you become successful you have people that you look up to who aren't happy about your success and they have people who you looked up to who are happy about your success yeah. and then you also have people that you never knew existed who are so grateful that you push their product, push your product on them. Yeah. I get stopped in the airport all the time. I get stopped in the mall all the time. I get stopped at events all the time. People know me because I decided I'm going to be relentless in my approach to putting my products into the market. And I promote it like my hair is on fire. And it was all because I had a son who mattered much more than the opinions of other people. Something yeah. just switches inside of you when you have somebody that you need to fully provide for and you just become a different monster. And so I would say that on one hand, I don't care about being salesy, but on the other hand, I try to balance my selling with my value. So yeah. I don't want to just solely be taking from the marketplace. I want to be giving. Yeah. So for example, I'll give you some dope content that's going to be insightful and you're going to grow from that. And then I'm also going to be like, hey, I also have these products over here. Check these out. Yeah. And I feel like you do your, your you do yourself a disservice and you do the marketplace a disservice if you don't don't promote your value to the marketplace. And so Gary V says, jab, 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 right hook. So you yeah. want to give, 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 and then take. And so my business is about my people. I didn't really touch on this, but when I was working as a financial advisor, when I was working as a private client bank, when I was working as a or when I was working in the family office, all I was doing was making their people richer. And what I realized is my target market, my warm market, my natural market was my people. And those people didn't have access to the kind of things that we were selling because they just, to them, weren't deemed profitable. Yeah. And so I was thinking, I was like, man, I got to figure out a way to reach my people because that's my market. And so what I did is I started creating things that would allow me to help the people that are naturally inclined to work with me and not trying to push myself on the people who are going to be a little bit hesitant to work with me. Yeah. And so that allowed me to kind of crack the code as well and also allows me to create a brand that isn't just about making money off of people. It's about changing lives. I've had people take my content and man, I've had people take the content and become millionaires. Yeah. I've had people take the content, create their own content, become millionaires. I've had people pay off student loans. I've had people become thousandaires. I've had people buy homes. Literally right down the street from me, I'm riding my scooter um, one night, and a guy is like, hey, man. He's like, man. He's like, I'm, I'm meaning to talk to you. 
But I just want to tell you, like, I took your course during the pandemic. I invested in stock options. I made enough money for the down payment on this house. And you see him with his two daughters. And it's like, that's crazy to me. And the thing is, is a big part of the reason why my brand had to become what it was is because I found out that I couldn't take the wealth management approach with African-American people. I had to take the wealth accumulation approach with with my people. Mm. I had to help them learn how to create the wealth they didn't have instead of just saying, okay, let me just go work with people who already have it because that's way easier and it's a way uh, quicker path. I just didn't want to see that. I always tell people that you have to use your powers for good. Whatever your powers are, use them for the benefit of your people. That's huge, man. That's huge. And um, uh, wrapping up here, you also are a great connector um, and you give a lot. And you created uh, the mastermind group where I've met some dope people. I'll be interviewing Daniel uh, Monday. I'm going to be interviewing uh, the Queen Michelle Welsh on Monday. Talk about uh, the mastermind, uh, how it's so amazing, why people should join, and and, and kind of what made you want to create that. So I've actually, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much value and who I am. And I think I've become that through the books that I've read and the education that I've attained and also my background. Um, I come from a very productive background. My grandfather was a hustler. My dad was a hustler. My mom was a hustler. And therefore I'm a hustler. And it actually even goes back further than that. Like when I go back to Atlanta, I start learning about the, the generations of entrepreneurs that were in my family. It's astounding. The land that we own, the business we owned, a lot of the stuff doesn't get talked about because we spend all our time talking about Martin Luther King Jr. But I would say that I had all this value and I was realizing that I was connected to a lot of really successful people, but they weren't connected. And through reading the book, Think and Grow Rich, I was like, all right, if we have all this success separately, what could we accomplish if we work together? Yeah. And so a while back, I started a mastermind and it was just like, we we're meeting like once a month. And we would get on there, we would talk about our goals, we would talk about what we we're reading and that kind of stuff. And what I found is that exposed us all to like different kind of books. And it also held us accountable for accomplishing goals that if we had not put them out into the atmosphere, it wouldn't have been accomplished. Yeah. And so did that. And then the options course launched and I realized like I had this massive, massive, massive following and that now would be a time to relaunch the mastermind. So hooked up with Michelle Welch, she kind of pushed the ball and kind of forced my hand and she actually like really took the reins and launched it. And so I just had to kind of step in and, and just like show up and do my thing. We've been doing it for about two years. Mm-hmm. Hive minds generated over a half million dollars in revenue, if not more, they're, they're over a million in revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people who didn't have products before launch their products. I've had people who didn't have a business before launch their business. People who literally like have grown and changed their lives from the content that we're sharing. And it blows my mind all the time, just seeing not only the lives that are changed, but all the content that we've been able to accumulate over the years. So I scroll and I think you've done a presentation and Dan's done a presentation. So many people have done presentations and it's all just banked up. And so for me, I think the reason why I'm such a giver is because that's all I've ever seen. Uh, My mom was a really big giver. And then again, I also grew up in a prosperity teaching church and giving was like one of the main principles, the idea that whatever you give comes back to you tenfold. And so it was kind of like ingrained into me, but I've always just seen my mom 
helping people with their career, coaching people with their careers, mm-hmm. teaching them, trying to be that kind of like an influence in their life if they didn't have it. And I think that it just became a part of my personality because it's all I've ever seen. And so now I take that same approach to other people and I've been burned, I've been robbed, but I still continue to do it. I just do it a little bit more intelligently now. Now we're having that conversation where I'm telling people, if I'm putting this into you, yeah. I expect you to to stay in the family, stay connected. Let's build this together because we can build so much more together than we can if you just take the little bits and nuggets I'm giving you and run off. And also I tell them that you only know what I've told you. You don't know what I know. <laughs> and so there's so much more in this brain that we could be operating with if you just stay connected instead of running off and saying, okay, well, I got this little gym. It is what it is. But I'll just say like the giving spirit and knowing that like giving is how you grow. I always say that givers grow and takers stay the same. So if you just take, 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 you've literally never had to improve or change your situations. All you've had to do is just find the next person to give you something as opposed to like you becoming the next bigger and better version of yourself. Givers grow. That's huge. That's huge. Yo, thank you for hopping on. Uh, I wanted to do this right because I knew when I hit you up, man, you all you do, all you be doing is golfing and making money. So, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be pulling up on y'all to golf. Yo, let people know where they can get the options course, the your book, your best selling author, um, and all of your stuff, and connect. And if they want to join the mastermind, yes, you can go to tycapitalmastermind.com to join the mastermind. We meet Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We have a, a private Facebook group, and all we do is just help each other that's it it's super affordable you can join it as a free trial today so grab that free trial free seven-day trial that means you'll get access to three meetings you also get access to the facebook group you also get access to this massive bank of content where there's lectures in there on crypto on business credit on youtube it's just insane how much value is in that in that thing um and of course the options course best selling options course turning people teaching people how to turn small money into large money uh, I personally was able to generate $20,000 in six months, use that money to change my life. And then I've made so much more in the stock market. I make more than that passively in the stock market now, yeah. um, let alone the capital gains. Last three months are about a, up about 150K. So um, great information inside of that course. And I'm actually going to be loading it up with even more stock market information and going to be rebranding it as the complete stock market guide. So if you purchase it now, you'll get access to all the updates. The updates transfer over. So you can grab that on optionswithtodd.com. I'm actually running a sale today. It's $25. $25. You got to click the link in my bio to grab that. You can find me on Instagram at Todd.capital, on Twitter at RealToddBillion, and on Instagram, my personal page is at RealToddBillion. Uh, special shout out to Roy, man, staying connected. I've known Roy for probably about half a decade now. And uh, man, shout out to you for that acquisition. I still got to pick your brain. We got to go to lunch or something. I got to find out about the details of that because I've been trying to buy something, man. It's easy, bro. Like when, honestly, (laughs) you know, me, I I do sprints and rest. So I'll sprint while I'm working, working, working. Then I'll go a month where I'm lazy ass. That's why I need to take Michelle Wells' productivity course. But um, it really took two weeks of work to lock that acquisition down. And like to the point to where the system works so good, I have to scale back because I got to run this business and I have to chill. I had like three more people who wanted us to buy. So we'll we'll link up and I'll show you exactly what we're doing. And it's just really creative yeah. financing. Um, we we turned the owner into the bank. So uh, basically just be 
made myself a millionaire without paying any money. So next level stuff, man. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. Um, Definitely got to link up. I'm going to be on your head about that one, man. Or we'll, we'll talk about it on the golf course. It'll happen. Yeah. I am actually hired someone to teach me how to play. I just don't like losing. I don't want to break a golf club in front of in front of the homies, in front of the business homies. <laughs> um, I want to ask you real quick. Do you know what leaps are? Yep. So leaps are essentially long-term uh, options contracts, usually a, a year greater on the expiration date. Okay. I want to holler at you about that. I was I was talking to a gentleman about leaps, and he was he was saying that leaps are slept on. So I'm going to pick your brain about it. We'll get into it. Sounds good, man. I appreciate you for having me. Um, can I get a copy of this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I'm a... Um, with renders on the other side a little bit cleaner, and then I will send it to you today. That's what I was hoping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'll send it to you today, and then uh, we'll push it out. And thanks for coming on again, brother. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. Yo, thank you for everybody who tuned in live. Make sure you guys tap in with Todd. Also tap in for the Victorious Underdog Membership Group uh, so you can see how Todd exactly step-by-step -step built his business. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed Making it for you. Till next time. Peace. This is the Entrepreneur Underdog. Business secrets to help doubted entrepreneurs triumph. The Underdog Entrepreneur is where we use fast-acting shortcuts to help underdog entrepreneurs make more money, have a bigger impact, and live a better lifestyle so that they can prove their haters wrong. And now, your host, Roy Red. Roy Red. Roy Red.